Hello, everyone. In today's episode, we have a professional trader to talk to. And even if you are not particularly interested in trading itself, I think he did a absolutely amazing job at explaining how trading works and the fundamental basics of it. But also, he he explained to us how trading affected his emotional state, spiritual journey, and how he grew from this. And I think there are some extreme, huge golden nuggets that everyone can take away from in this episode. So enjoy this episode of Fairless Wealth. Hello, hello, everyone. It is your favorite opinionated cunt whore dominatrix friend, Money Witch, Demon Whisper, Alleged Demon Queen here at Fearless Wealth. And we have a epic guest on tonight. I introduce to you Michael McGee. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for I, inviting me. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be one of the most most expressive fantasy bubble bursting episodes of team no delusion because mm. can you tell us can you, can you tell us who you are and what you do okay well um so my name is Michael McGee um I trade currencies at night um I also do uh drive trucks at night um so I'm making money while I'm making money at work, pretty much. Mm, that's very good. We like the sound of making money while making money. Okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. What 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 got you into making money while making money? Um. Well, it it it, it started. Okay, so okay, there's gonna be some good 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 content because um I'll go back to where I started actually falling into trading. Is mm-hmm. that is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So okay. So um some years ago um I was heavy into network marketing. Uh the first company that I was recruited to, I was in college and uh I had a friend that was a roommate and he was a part of a company um uh, called Primerica. Um, and I had previously had learned of Primerica because my father in Mississippi, I had moved from New York in the middle of 10th grade. So I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And I moved from New York in the middle of 10th grade and finished out high school um, down in Mississippi, Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi, and finished out my two years there. And my father, during my time there, had actually got invited to one of their little meetings and stuff like that. And that was when I was introduced to the concept of, you know, you know, having your own business and um, that wasn't brick and mortar, recruiting people, um, you know, uh, residual income, all of those type of things. Um, and I remembered all of this when I went to college in Texas, in Terrell, Texas. And when I spoke with my uh, roommate at the time, he also invited me to a Primerica meeting. And then that's when I signed up and I was addicted to like network marketing companies. I went through several different companies. I had some decent success in it, you know, recruiting people and things of that nature uh, all through my college years. But there was something about it specifically that I wasn't quite um, satisfied with. And that had to do with the concept of me having to get out here and bother people to come into my business. And I always kind of thought that there was something, some kind of issue with that. So um, while I was in college, I had a friend that um, um, got me introduced into trucking and stuff. He pulled out a wad of cash out of his, you know, out of his pocket, you know what I'm saying? And we call it from New York a stage knot, you know what I'm saying? But to me, you know, I was only making like to $300 every two weeks working at Lowe's at the time in college. And that was a lot of money to me. So I was like, yo, what, what do I need to do to learn how to drive trucks? You know? Mm-hmm. And he, he actually, I got my license. He gave me study material and he helped me get my first job in the trucking industry. 
And from then I was making high five to six figures, just driving trucks, being in the oil field and driving trucks, you know, and during the, uh, uh, big gas, you know, um, gas boom, natural gas boom here in Texas. Um, uh, um, I was making a lot of money hauling sand, you know what I mean? So I was planning on getting back into some type of, uh, network marketing business and taking the money out of the, um, of what I was making driving trucks and putting it into it. But, uh, an issue had happened. I had ended up gaining like a lot of weight. I almost got up to 300 pounds during that time. And I was like, I need to get out of this before I get any bigger. So I ended up quitting and I ended up going to sell insurance (laughs) with a guy from my church at the time. And, um, so I, I was selling insurance for a while and I was going online and I was like, man, I was trying to find ways to sell insurance without me having to keep annoying people because I was doing the same thing, selling life insurance. And I was getting out there having to do a pitch and all this other stuff to get somebody and convince them to buy insurance for me. So I was stuck with a similar problem from network marketing. You see, I had to still get out there and physically sell myself to people. Well, during this time I had went online and I saw an advertisement uh, from a company called empower network. And they were teaching this concept called what we call positioning, where you would basically put blogs together and you would write content about your business or about whatever value that you can put out there and you would put it on the internet and you would do SEO, search engine, optim- search engine optimization on your blog with keywords. You would research keywords, see how much traffic it would get things of that nature, and you would sell an affiliate marketing program, which was that program, the Power Network program. So that was the first time I actually got introduced to, instead of me having to get out here and bother people, I can record videos, I can write content online, and actually direct that content and market to specific people who are already interested in affiliate marketing or network marketing things of that type of join my business, business opportunities. So I had some success and some struggle with that for years, but it was through that company and they were branching off into different teams that, um, um, that all came in. There was this one guy that actually made like over $700,000 in one month when he recruited people to the empower network team. And he was the biggest dude during that time. And his thing was about driving traffic to websites instead of doing blogs and videos and stuff like that and having like a slow trickled online real estate type of thing with your videos and letting the leads come in in a slow pace. He was about finding where these people were and marketing to these people and getting pay-per-click ads and all type of stuff like that, buying leads email, uh, buy people's email list and stuff like that. And basically just putting the money behind it. And this is why he was so successful. Well, I ended up joining that guy's team and learning some techniques from him and stuff like that. And I started to have just a little bit of success in it, but I ended up meeting a guy within that group that actually led me to trading. So I know I was a little long story up into that, but he actually introduced me to the concept of trading. And I've heard about people who have made money in stocks and stuff like that. But at the time, he introduced me to futures and a guy who trained him on futures. And he was up all night trying to teach me it and I was falling asleep. But he ended up giving me access to some information that actually sparked me to learn about trading. And once I actually started learning about that, I also had my unique struggles in the beginning of my training journey. Um, I noticed that the guy would use a lot of what we call indicators in the um, trading industry, which are basically um, different tools you can use when analyzing the market to help assist you in making a, a higher probability prediction of where the market can go. But the guy used so many indicators and I was so confused. And at the time, the guy's training was a lot of money and it was a lot of money that I didn't have. And coupling with this, I was actually 
um, going back and forth between finding opportunities online to make money through drop shipping. Uh, I actually tried to invest in a company that actually came out before all of the Bitcoins and stuff went to the market and they had their IPOs and stuff. Uh, this company um, actually had a, a big, I mean, had a um, cryptocurrency that was backed by gold and silver. And the whole thing seemed like it was going to be a success, but it was a big flop. And the guy that introduced me into trading, we were all involved in it and it was just a big mess. And it was something that taught me a huge lesson about investing. But one of the biggest things that I learned during that process, um, which is what um, led me to a particular mentor, was that whenever you hear about an opportunity, especially in the open, it's usually too late. Mm. And, 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 and it's a lot of truth to that because knowing now about how the market works um, more, I'm still learning every day. But learning more about how the market works and seeing why certain things are promoted in the media to people, usually that's usually the last step in order to get people who already have anticipated in, in the market instead of participating. Those type of people are actually looking to cash out at the time everybody's promoting for people to join these opportunities because that creates the liquidity that is necessary for those people to actually sell to those buyers. Mm -hmm. If you understand what I mean. Absolutely. So basically I gave you, that was a short version of it, but, um, but um, there's a lot more details in that, of course, but that's pretty much, I went through network marketing, then went to internet marketing and through internet marketing, uh, a particular team that I was involved in. Um, I met a guy who we all joined into a, um, a, uh, a, a cryptocurrency that was supposed to come out and it never did. And that led me to having a conversation with him about trading. And I've been hooked ever since. I love it. I love all of this. I have so many questions as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think would we, again, epic, epic. Like, I think that if you can, could you elaborate a little bit more on, um, the step you spoke of that when it gets to the like public market or just, you know, the public mainstream people that it's kind of too mm -hmm. late. Um, I, are you familiar with the TV show billions? I've heard about it. I've heard about it from another person that's a mentor of mine, but I've never watched it. It's yeah. Cause it's all about like stocks and trading and like mm. the corrupt inner circle and all of that. So that made, made me think of that. But, um, uh, talking about mainstream, like currently you're seeing right now the whole like, you know, Bitcoin mm -hmm. and different other cryptos and um, everyone wants to like jump on the bandwagon, right? Mm -hmm. so, but could you elaborate a little bit more on how that works on the back end of when it reaches the mainstream, like mm -hmm. that you're kind of step behind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So one of my mentors, he, he definitely said that that you never want to uh, participate in the market. You always want to anticipate. A lot of people think that these these investments and stuff are random, and they're definitely not. There is a certain level of structure to the market. We call it market structure, where um, you start to see certain patterns in the market. One of the big main things that I'm also learning about in my tenure of trading is that the simpler you can keep your strategy and your understanding of the market instead of thinking that it's some kind of crazy mathematical thing and you have to go to Harvard or some kind of business school in order to understand trading or you have to be, you know, there's a secret sauce. The real secret sauce is really keeping it simple. Um, the simpler you can keep it and the more you can s stick to your strategy and, and not deviate from it and, and think more in a probabilistic type of mindset than you do, um, you know, getting emotional because that's something that I went through about one trade. If you got one trade, you get emotional about it. You say, oh, I, I won this money. You know, I made $2,000 on the trade, but then uh, you lost it all the next trade. You know what I'm saying? Because trading is hugely uh, largely about consistency, um, how well you can be consistent over time. Um, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money at one 
one one you know one time but a lot of people who understand investing are not really all that impressed with that um, because they understand that you can also take that money and lose it just as quickly as you got it but to be cons- it's very difficult to be consistent and a lot of the consistency does not necessarily have to do with what's on the chart, but what goes on between your two ears, your mind, and how well you can adapt your emotions and put it aside when analyzing the chart and not attaching to money and just trading your plan and sticking to it and letting the process work itself out, letting the numbers work in your favor. But when it comes specifically to um, people getting in and participating in, it, participating in the market instead of anticipating, so going back to the market structure, there are certain things that you will see in the market before the market turns around. There's certain things that you can observe in the market to know when it possibly can turn around. There's certain areas of the market on the chart that you can know when there's going to be probability where the people who are billionaires, who have money, who don't push the buttons like I do, but who actually go to different countries and invest in those countries, you can see these contracts and you can see these billions of dollars on what we call the charts, the candlestick charts. And these candlesticks, these different candlestick charts, which is the price action, uh, they called it the tape back in the day. It's just basically a tug of war between the price, uh, the price uh, that these people like back in the day, they, they had the pits and you would see these guys arguing over the different price. Well, there's different time frames that these people argue over the price, so to speak, just to give you a visual, a tug of war. And when that time expires, it leaves a history of what happened, the open, the, the, what, what, what price the market opened at, how high they argued about the price, how low they argued about the price, and when they stopped arguing, which is the close. So you have the open, high, low, and close. That piece of data gives you information about who won in that argument when you're reading the chart. And it comes up and we call it the candlesticks because it has a a body and it's a particular color and then it has these wicks on top and bottom. So we just call them candlesticks. And they're actually Japanese candlesticks. They were actually um, created by a Japanese uh, rice trader way back in the day, but that's a little bit different, uh, a little bit more deeper topic. But what that information does is it tells you which way the market is potentially going. But within that candlestick and within that data, there's specific market structure. The market can only go up, down, and sideways. Okay, And you will see all of that information within these candlesticks. Now, depending on which time frame that you're on, you will see like there's a one hour time frame, there's a four hour time frame, there's a daily, weekly, monthly, and maybe a lot of things in between and even lower than those. But those are different time frames that traders are on um, uh, and, and they're trading those time frames based on if they're intraday traders or if they're swing traders. Swing traders are people who basically uh, trade on a longer term uh, type of basis and intraday traders are those who basically trade to get in and get out throughout the day within a day or two or within a few hours or so. But what happens is, is within that market structure, you can see that there are people on higher time frames that are putting in orders and they're trading um, based off of their time frame and their analyze their analysis of past data, which is those past candlesticks and those past arguments of the price action they're analyzing that. And there are certain points within the market that you can see where priced previous data, previous candlesticks or previous arguments have had struggles in the market. You can see where price is attracted to certain zones. We call them supply and demand zones. You can see all of those different things and you can see these areas that are tried, trust, tested, and true, you can see those areas in the market being respected and having a, a, an effect in the market later on in the future. So when it comes to people getting in late, these, a lot of people don't understand a concept what's called time frame correlation. And that was one of the hardest things for me to understand at first. 
is understanding that I might want to trade on the one hour time frame, but there are time frames that are above me that that see the little guy, see me as the little guy, but they well, they can't see me as a little guy. And if they're in a position where they're trying to wait for their discount in the market, they call it market correction. So it's like the market breathes. Um, the market shoots up and shoots down. Well, that shoot down process is what's called a pullback or a market correction, where basically the market is given a discount. People are um, taking their positions out, cashing their money out, and then the market drops down, gives a discount because people are seeing if people are going to be able to buy at lower prices. It's the whole supply and demand thing. So if there's too much supply and the price is too high, I mean, if there's too much demand and there's too much supply and the price is too high, then people stop buying. So mm. people stop selling. And that's where you get the discount in the market until people start saying, OK, I got a lower price now. I got the price that I want and I'm going to go ahead and start buying. And that's when you start seeing more and more activity. Well, there's certain indicators and certain things that happen in the market before the market turns around and those big players from the higher time frames start to acknowledge, hey, I want to start getting into the market. I like this price. I like this discount. Let me start buying. When they start buying, there are certain things that happen on that chart that us skilled traders, traders understand and can see um, when they come into the market where they start to anticipate the market. Those are, this is the places and positions where you actually want to be in before everybody starts talking about Bitcoin, because by the time they start talking about it, the price is already gone. And when the price is already gone, actually, by the time everybody hears about it, those big players who already bought at earlier prices before anybody knew they was going to buy, what happens is, is they're looking for people to sell to. Well. Mm -hmm. Who are the people that they're going to sell to? All people that are trying to now buy that's on the news channels. This is a good time to buy Bitcoin, all of those stuff. They need buyers to sell to. They're trying to sell all of their shares or they're trying to sell all of their uh, lot sizes that they put in for this money. So they need people to buy from them. This is why you get the news outlets and everybody starts to talk about Bitcoins and, oh, it's a good time to invest in Apple stock or this stock or that stock or this investment. Those, by the time you usually hear that in the open stream media, all it is is for these people who already anticipated the market. And all it is is for them to be able to recoup and sell and gain people who are going to buy from them so they can start selling off their positions to these people. And then those people who actually have participated because they the, they're seeing all the action after the fact, what happens is, is those people end up getting, they end up buying emotionally and they, get, and they end up getting trapped on, the, on what's called the wrong side of the market. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when they start losing money. So it's, it's looked at as some people call them uh, back in the day, like I know uh, other traders like Tim Sykes and some of these other people, they would call them pump and dump schemes like penny stocks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the same concept. They would pump the price. They would pump it up like as if like, oh, this stock is going to skyrocket. You guys need to get on board and stuff like that. Uh, but all that is, is that those billionaires have already peeped game and they already see the opportunities. They already bought the stuff and now they're just looking to sell to people. So you get these people who will pump up these stocks and they'll pump up the prices, the, what they call dumb money, people who are participating in the market because they only participate when they see other people do things. Those people start buying all that stuff and they don't. They think it's just gonna shoot up forever and they're gonna make billions of dollars off the market. All along, those billionaires who already bought at earlier prices because they anticipated they already long gone out of the market. Yeah. And I feel like that's, um, that's happening a lot right now in the, the crypto scene, right. With ICOs and everyone's like pumping, like you need this coin. And like the coin never, like, I don't know even if it existed, but never takes off for sure. But there's that's been right. money made by the people who launched it or who are in the or original group because of everyone jumping on it. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And us traders, we see it all the time. Like people talk about uh, us, the, the market crashing and stuff. Traders will make money on that market crash when it's crashing. We can see it. We'll know that we'll know 
we, we can see it. We can analyze it and actually see it happening in real time uh, when the market is crashing. The, the market is never going to just crash to hell all at once. You know, it doesn't make sense. It never falls that many points. There is a structure and there are things in place and implemented in place to make sure that these things don't fall to the ground the way everybody thinks it is, you know, and and it all is based off of some fundamental principles, just like in the spirituality. It's all based off of some fundamental principles, you know, and once you can master those fundamental principles and stick to those, you will see the simplicity of everything, anything that you decide to get into. If you can find the fundamental elements and learn how to work with those, you will be able to be far, you will be far ahead of all of those people who are reacting emotionally. Trading yeah. is a spiritual thing. It really tunes you in to who you are as a person and you can see the reflection of it. And I've, I, I say that I've gotten feedback, not failure for many years, and I'm just starting to see progress now, especially in the wisdom that I'm getting and even in all the other areas of my life, spiritually and stuff like that. I'm able to actually see how that applies to the charts. So when when you say, because um, you touched on this uh, in your story, right? Like it, that it being a very emotional process and like you need to like kind of like self-regulate and control your emotions. Why is it such an emotional pro- pro- process? And where do people go wrong in mi- like, you know, really having their emotions in- involved in this process? Because it's very easy for people to get caught up in the habit of gambling. Um, trade, trade. People say, "Well, trading is no. That's nothing but you know, a casino for you know, or gambling for just people with big money." It can be if that's what your mindset is. The difference between in gambling, see, gambling, all of these machines and stuff—they are all rigged. Well, they all they, these machine these games wouldn't be here if the casinos didn't have a edge in probability. When it comes to trading, if you have a strategy that you lose, I would say three times out of 10, right? Mm -hmm. You can still be highly profitable losing three trades out of 10. So seven trades you lost but you only won three trades. What it boils down to is risk to reward. You can have three trades that you make 10 times your money. You see an opportunity in the market where you get in and you have a very little stop loss, which is basically a place where you put, this is how much money that I'm willing to lose in the market. And if the market goes below this or, or below my stop or above my stop, I don't want to lose any more money. So it automatically just cancels your order, right? But you can have an opportunity where on the upside, you can possibly make 10 times what you're risking. And you can, and if you, if you manage your money, right? Cause, cause, cause one of the key elements of, of being able to survive in trading is money is proper money management. If you have, let's just say a thousand dollars and you're risking a hundred dollars per trade and you know, your opportunity is that, I'm going to lose, I'm willing to lose out of this $1,000, $700. But my three opportunities where I, where I actually do win, I'm going to make 10 times the amount. So if you do the math, you don't know the probability of what trades you're going to win or lose. But you just know that on average, you win three out of 10 trades and you lose your seven trades. So you stick to your strategy. You say, okay, I'm only going to risk $100 per trade. And let's just say the first three trades, you make 10 times the $100 that you make. So you've made $3,000 per trade. But then the next seven trades, you lose $700. But all in all, after all of those 10 trades are done, how much money have you actually profited? You've profited Mm $2,300. You see? So even though you lost a lot of trades, but you only, you lost, you, 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 you won less trades than you've lost, 
because you stuck to your prop, your um, your 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 risk to reward. I mean, you you stuck to your risk that you were trading with, and you actually had opportunities that you were able to make ten times more of your money per trade. You were able to still come out on top profitable. So a lot of it is about how are you going to manage your money, what type of trading strategy you have in place. Does it give you how what what is the average win ratio does it give you? And you can be able to calculate a system that if you stuck to this strategy over time, you'll be able to always be profitable if you stick to this strategy and implement mm-hmm. it each time you do it. So what happens is, is a lot of people get emotionally attached, which is what I did, to this, oh, I need to make money. I need to make money like I do my job. That's not what trading is about. Some days you can make money every single day. Some days you're going to have to be patient in the market and sit on your hands for a few days. Some days you're going to have to put the trade, you don't have to put the whole thing away and go about your life and just have fun with your family. Come back a week later and get back at it again. But people lose a lot of money because they get so emotionally attached to trying to make so much money in such a short period of time without them actually getting the experience, the knowledge, the wisdom that it takes, and even the patience that it takes, and even understanding themselves. They don't give themselves time to grow in it. I've been in this six years. There's a lot of people that have been in it for five, six years and just start becoming profitable, consistently profitable, because they had to go through the learning curve. They had to understand to keep it simple. And they also had to understand patience pays. And they also had to understand to keep their emotions out of it. That's beautiful. Would you think that um, one need that, that one can have a talent for this profession? I believe you can have a, a talent for it, but then again, it's going to be a talent and every person like, like, like um, many of the gurus, Ray, uh, uh, what is his name? Ray DeLeo. Um, um, there's many people who have traded. They all come down to this very same thing. I listen to a lot of um, other podcasts like trading podcasts uh, where guys interview traders and they all ask them about their mindset and their journey. And you will see consistently across the board that everybody says the same thing. You need to plan your trade, trade your plan, stick to your strategy. You need to be able to have a simple, um, a simple strategy. You also need to learn how to manage your money because that's what keeps you in the game. Because there's many times I've made $2,000 on a trade. I've made $2,000 on Ripple and lost it two days later because I was so anxious to get, because we have these things called revenge trades and we have, we've got greed trading. You know what I'm saying? All of those emotions pop up in a trader's life. They call it a trading cycle for a reason. Everybody goes on it. But some people who have the ability to control their emotions They probably were in the military. They probably were in some type of special training or something like that. Some of those people might actually become successful a lot quicker, but they still have to go through certain elements that everybody else goes through. It's just that they have the ability to adapt a lot quicker than some other people. Sometimes sometimes it's by luck, by the mentor and things of that nature. Uh, And sometimes it's just other variables. But But a lot of times people take with between anywhere between two to about five years before they actually start to really get it and start really becoming successful. But a lot of times nowadays, a lot of people are actually starting to cut that learning curve down because a lot of people are starting to create programs that are geared to people specifically honing in on how to properly get those mindsets, that the proper mindsets ahead of time um, before they actually, you know, before they actually start trading. So people are starting to see success a lot quicker. So let let me just recap what I'm hearing you say. So you mean to tell me that I will need discipline, patience, and self-regulation, and I'm not going to be a millionaire overnight? Right, right, right. You're going to need that anyway. You know what I'm saying? You're going to need that in many areas of life. There we go. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, that's the thing, being a millionaire, 
the millionaire implies that you're consistently making millions, not just somebody who made $1 million. And to consistently make millions of dollars, it requires those success habits. And all the people who are successful, they all say those, those, those similar things is that you need to be able to control your emotions. You need to be able to um, follow your and trust your analysis, trust your plan, and don't compare yourself to other people's success as well, because that can be a big detriment. It's a lot of the same life, life lessons that you'll learn in any business. It's just that you're learning how to apply it to the charts, and the charts will give you uh, really immediate results. Great thing with trading is that you don't have to start off with a huge amount of capital. Um, 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 and you also have what's called demo accounts. So you can actually trade the live market with demo money and actually practice and see how you do. But um, the best thing is, is that once you trade, once you go from demo to real live money, you have that in the back of your mind. That, hey, this is real live money. And that's what usually hangs people up. But they do well in demo. So you want to have the mindset that you have, the relaxation of what you have when you're doing demo mm -hmm. while you're doing your live trading. You want that same, have that same level of relaxation and non-attachment. Yeah. So talking about, I, first of all, I love, this is like life lessons with a mm -hmm. trader. I like, I love that. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that needs to be a book. Write that book, please. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. so where do you think this notion came from that, trading is easy quick and big money i think it's a part of the process of the pump and dumps you know the process of getting people you know somebody needs to you know the trading game is a transfer of money you know mm -hmm. it's 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 transfer from the they say trading is is the business of transferring money from the impatient to the patient and so people who aren't patient and are very impulsive, um, they're going to be attractive because you can make a lot of money. It's, it's very possible. I've seen a guy on YouTube and I can verify because not, I, I don't know if I can verify him, but I can verify looking at the trading strategy and everything that he showed and stuff, dude turned uh, $2,500, I think it was, into $130,000 within 72 hours. That, mm -hmm. stuff, that stuff can happen. There are people who have made millions of dollars in a few amount of time, in, in a short period of time. But a lot of it is based off of these people's skill sets, and a lot of people get attracted to that, but they don't understand the hard work these people put in to go. get to that. They don't understand that he also probably lost $130,000 or more in his tenure, in his career of trading, just to get to that point to realize that he could do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I love what you just said right now, because um, context matters, right? Like everyone sees the flashy moments, mm -hmm. um, just like everyone wants to like see Beyonce's success and Lady Gaga, but not realizing that these people have been in the industry for 25 plus years, grinding their ass off That's every correct. single day. Yes. Um, and people kind of get like shiny object syndrome when they just see the flashy numbers. Exactly. And yeah, and it, yeah, I and I see that everywhere. I see that in my own industry. You know, I'm a dominatrix, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and everyone sees my big, big numbers. But I've been in the industry for over 12 years. Yeah, I've been in the industry before it was an online thing, right? Mm -hmm. And my numbers are still small compared to some like the big OGs, the online OGs. Right. But right. people are like, "Oh, how do I make so much money too?" And I think one of the biggest thing when I tell people, if you want to be certain of making much money. You know, become a surgeon or a lawyer or something, but these industries are not for you. Like if that's if your drive is only making as much as possible money in a short amount of time, like that, it's it's unrealistic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And usually those those type of uh, uh, schemes where you can do that come with some really hefty prices and attachments that you might not want. Oh, so there's even schemes right now in y'all industry, right? Yeah, there's people who promote, um, you know, like a recruiting aspect, kind of like a network marketing or affiliate marketing aspect of it. And um, man, it's a lot of drama in the industry because there are a lot of people who are who, who really don't know how to trade. So they get they get they get on the teacher bandwagon 
where mm. they start to develop. They, they, they make a few good trades or something like that, or they'll pull some information from somebody else's course, and they'll create a training course and try to recruit people to their training course to make money. You know what I'm saying? And um, there's a lot of that in the industry. So it's definitely, I had my time shopping for mentors and things of that nature. I'm glad that I was able to find some really solid mentors and, um, and, 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 and really learn from them and kind of synthesize, uh, you know, aspects of their style that I like and um, oh, get to the real. dropped out on me. Okay. I'm sorry. One second. What was the last thing you heard me say? I can't hear you. Are you back? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, you're back. Now we're back. Yes, continue. Okay. Um, what was I saying? So, um, yeah, there's a uh, yeah. I've I found that that um, there's as long as this is why I meant earlier mentioned earlier that keeping things simple. They, trading it's it's not hard. They say trading is 90% psychology and 10% actual technical skills or even some fundamental things. Mm. And it, there's, a, there's a huge reason for that. Is a 95% of people who trade fail and only 5% who do. And it all goes back down to those who can work on their mind who are, who are, who are, who are willing to work on themselves and think from a long-term type of perspective and st instead of a short-term, let me, let me make a million dollars and stuff like that. I was always kind of... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I love that. I love that it's basically everywhere in the world the same. Like every mm -hmm. like people don't want to hear this, but it all keeps coming down to the same principles principles. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love it. I love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it really does. And I was shocked because I was like, man, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought that I would get more in tune with the need of me doing the inner work alongside of other the, the other spiritual stuff that you and I have spoken of. You know what I mean? Like, I never knew that this would go hand in hand. I never mm -hmm. knew it, but it definitely does. And it's a, it's a universal principle. Um, um, you see a lot of the principles of spirituality in trading, even in the charts. It's very interesting, you know, but um, all in all, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's fascinating to see that you can take these same principles, those fundamental keys, those master keys, and apply it to any business. You just got to maybe modify it a little bit to see how you can apply it, but it's definitely there. You'll definitely be able to find it. Yeah. So do you do you think a mentor or a teacher is required um, in your process to learn to your best ability that is possible for you or... No, but it's definitely going to be a learning curve, hmm. you know, and, 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 and we're in an age where you do have your weird mentors out there, but there are those out there. And I think if your heart is right and you know what to look for, like if you start searching for things of like, like what I did, how to understand the flow of the market, you're only going to, there's only going to be certain type of people when you're ready with that type of mindset. Are going, you're only there's only a certain time, let me rephrase this so to get the right type of training you have to already possess the right type of mindset and the right type of questions that when you put that energy out there you're going to gravitate towards the right people because if they have put content that is gearing towards those fundamental things you are going to find it that's exactly yeah. what I did I had I had what well, I was making I doubled my account some years ago, uh, I had a, 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 it was like $2,300 and I turned it into $5,000 in, in a week. And I was making like $800, $700, $400 before I was going to work when I was only going to make $250 for the day of 14-hour workday. Okay. Mm. And I remember the strategy that I had. It was a very, it was a very, uh, high win rate strategy, but it didn't have any stop loss protection. And I remember that to this day that I looked at my, I looked at my chart and I saw that I was $1,500 in the negative and I got scared. I almost had a heart attack and, um, I, I felt like I almost had a heart attack and I closed it out. And that is what created a thought form. It created a fear. It created a trauma that haunted me for the years on from, from that year forward. 
And from that year forward, because of that fear, I couldn't make money the way I wanted to. And so, yeah, and so it was it was really that fear. And when I told you in a side conversation that why I had to start over, you know, what I'm saying and I had to really break things down because it was that fear and that trauma that created the energy for that to continue to perpetuate. And it's because of that as to why I had to learn and get some wisdom and even have a spiritual journey and all this other kind of stuff. Not, not saying that everybody else has to have that, but just for me specifically, I was simultaneously going through spiritual, uh, you know, a spiritual awakening at the same time. And um, so I lost some motivation in that going through a dark night of the soul kind of thing, quote unquote. And um, but I was learning now that I look back on it, I was being ushered in into learning certain things and getting the wisdom and getting to know the importance of doing the inner work and how it not only applies immediately to my trading, but other aspects of my life. And so once I started to understand those things, I started to see more results and stuff from that point on. That's beautiful. Oh, I love so much that it like it sitter through in the rest of your life too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two questions about this. Mm-hmm. One, would you be would you be willing to elaborate to any extent on what helped you in the process of kind of reprogramming the, the wound, right? The trauma of, you know, that, sh- that initial shock of seeing yourself in the minus and, um, yeah, let's start with that. I'll ask my other question afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I learned along the way is that knowledge truly does dissipate a lot of fear. And what I had was a fear. I was scared to lose money. And be and scared money don't make money, you know what I'm saying? So um what helped me was um reading uh, a few trading psychology books. Um what I mentioned earlier by learning that trading is more of a probabilities game and making sure that you have an edge and following that plan and making it more of a mechanical process instead of an emotional process. Um learning how to trade in batches and stuff like that. That's something I'm still working on. But um, I've run across uh, many people who deal with a lot of psychology in the trading industry. One guy in particular that um, he's passed away, but his name is Mark Douglas, and he's written many books on trading psychology. And that's where I got a lot of that from. So definitely knowledge, knowledge about my mind, uh, also spiritual things, uh, knowledge about my mind and concentration, stuff like that. those type of books have helped me. Uh, but also, too, I was going to say that knowledge about actually how the market flows, that definitely helped me to understand that there is a structure, there isn't randomness, and that there's an actual structure to the market. So it led me to specific mentors that's, that's, that taught specific those specific things and taught it in simple, basic ways of understanding it. Um, and 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 those things demystified that this was some random thing. I wanted to know why did this trade go in the opposite direction? Um, why did it turn around on me? Now I know that those are areas of supplies and demands and stuff like that, where those same big people, big players on the higher time frames, are looking to sell their positions or or buy their positions, and you're right in their grip. You're right in their grasp. You came to their store and you bought from them or you sold to them. And so learning about how to analyze the chart and these these areas where the market can potentially turn around and actually being patient to see what the market actually does, if it gives me a signal in these areas or not, that is a biggest that was one of the biggest things. So definitely getting my knowledge up, finding the right mentor and learning how to, um, learning that it was a trauma, that it was a fear. And as I gained more knowledge and also gained the, the understanding that I needed to make things more simple um, is what definitely helped dissipate that fear. Beautiful, beautiful. And to touch on the mentor thing, um, 
when we look around us, right, like we live in the instant gratification generation right now, uh, everyone is promising the flashier, the secrets, the overnight successes, um, the people who are in set industries who, who are, have done the work or are doing the work, they know that that's a basic scam. Um, people always see me fucking rant and go on tangents about, you know, having that People who teach need to have the receipts, just like I wouldn't go, you know, for a personal trainer who's extremely morbidly obese, or I wouldn't take financial advice from someone who's constantly broke, right? Like, clearly, they're missing a realistic aspect, and most people are just parroting uh, secondhand knowledge. Yes. But what would you say that are some of the receipts that one would, if, if one chooses to look for a mentor, like what to, what do they need to look for? What are the receipts? What do the receipts look like? Hmm. Um, I would just, I can speak from what I was looking for. So, um, l- looking for mentors who one can, can take a subject and teach it to you and and break it down in a way where it's simple for everybody to understand it. Um, definitely a mentor that has patience. Uh, definitely a mentor who uh, is actually is is actually full time or or actually you know even part time but consistent in what they're doing, of course. But I would gear towards those who are able to teach from a more of a Here's the fundamentals of this. Here's your mindset that you need to have during this. And one who is it going to fluff you up with a bunch of flashy stuff? Yes. Um, that's going to be the main thing. Um, I've definitely combed through a lot of mentors. So if p- there are people who are interested in it, I can definitely, and I don't get paid for their, I'm not an affiliate of them and anything. Um, but, um, uh, I definitely, uh, can help people, uh, speed up their search. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that in your search of anything that you're looking for, um, those elements that this teacher needs to be able to make it to the point where, um, basically he, he can train you to be a teacher, you know, um, and not somebody who is trying to just, give you a little bit and keep you locked into their system. You know, somebody who just only trains and give you enough just to keep you locked into their system or keep you dependent on them. Somebody who can give you fundamental things so that you can go on and even possibly create your own system based off those fundamental things. A lot of times mentors who can point you to where you need to look, point you to the books and point you to the stuff that really matters because there's a lot of fluff. But if a, if a mentor can't get you to deal, like in trading, we look at the price action. We call it naked trading, right? Well, you don't need any indicators. You don't need any anything else other than looking at the price action. And you always want to know why you're doing what you're doing. If your mentor doesn't explain why you're doing each step, because it has to be a why to it, not just how. I can teach you how to put in an order on a trade. I can teach you where to go, what price point to, to, to enter in the market. Here's your stop loss. Here's your, here's your stop loss. Here's your take profit. I can, teach, I can teach you how to do that. But why am I doing that? Why am I telling you to do that? And if a mentor isn't geared towards you understanding, like, like, like the book Simon Sinek, uh, start with why. If you're not understanding the why behind what you're doing, To me, that's not really much of an effective teacher. That's a teacher who possibly is looking to keep you on their string, and they're probably offering their courses at monthly rates and stuff like that because they're trying to keep a residual income coming in, which is nothing wrong with that if they offer a service that requires that. But if they're not teaching you the why so that you can understand why you're doing what you're doing, the mechanics of why it's happening, um, I, I would just caution when dealing yeah. with that potential mentor. So a mentor who, who, who desires for you to be an independent trader instead of creating this codependent. That's dynamic. correct. Yeah. I hear it. I feel it. 
Oh, I love this. So let let's have the last questions. Question: What would be some? What do you have to say to any extent to people who are considering dipping their toes in trading? I would definitely dipping their toes into it. I would definitely ask yourself, why are you doing it? What do you want out of it? Always start with, just like I said, start with why. Heck, even possibly possibly buy that book, you know. Um, you know, I would ask why are you doing it? Are you are you define why you're getting into trading? Because there you're going to see what your real motivation is. Because if you don't have the proper motivation and the proper mindset behind trading, and just like in any business, you're not going to last long because you don't have the motivation, the why as to why you're doing it. If it's just to make a few dollars and stuff like that, well, you're going to lose a lot of money starting off, you know, and you may sometimes you may not lose a lot of money, but you might lose consistently. And if you ha if you have a streak of 20 losses because you're trying to try out a, a strategy and you're trying to work it and, and really master that strategy, that can dawn on you. That can make you feel like a loser. If you felt like a loser in your life, those those things are going to pop up. It's almost like shadow work. You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like doing this work of working on yourself and these these things pop back up in your life where it's like, man, man, I never felt I felt like crap growing up. People I never felt smart in school. I wasn't I wasn't a straight A student. All these things I'm telling you I went through. And a lot of a lot of traders went through the same thing. And you start to beat yourself up because you just see it's just not working for you. So before you even get into trading, you need to do a real analysis on yourself as to why you're doing it. Are you doing it to finally get back at your parents or people around you who think you're nothing and you're finally say, hey, you know, I finally got something going. How long is that going to take you through the ups and downs of trading, through the emotional roller coasters that will happen to you when you see a string of losses or when you take a trade and you lose a thousand dollars on a trade and now you just blew your account? How can you handle uh, blowing an account? I blew several accounts. <laughs> you know, I call I, we say we donate to the market. We don't, you know, now we say we just market <laughs> domain donators, you know, but I've blown several accounts, you know all in the process of learning. So it all goes back to the whole entrepreneur path. How many times are you going to be able to fall or fail before you get back up? How are you looking at, how can you look at that feedback? So I think people before they get, they dip their toe into trading, definitely need to get into some type of exercises where you start dealing with learning how to um, deal with your own mind first and get deep into that. Because like I said before, Trading is 90% psychology, 10% technical strategy, okay? It's 90% psychology for a reason. So you need to start in psychology first, okay? Once you start there, then once you get into trading and you know why you're doing it and you have a, uh, you're, you're working on having a clear mind, um, then I would look for principles. I would look for not things that deal with indicators and stuff that clogs up your chart. I want to know how price action works. There's several books on that. Um, um, and once you learn how price action works and how the market works and the market structure, then you can build all the other things upon that um, if you want to. But always remember the golden key in any to be successful in anything is definitely the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid, you know, or keep it simple, Sally or Sam, or you can throw in whatever you yes. want, you know, from that. And uh, that's where I would start. Get your mind right. Find a simple strategy. Don't skip different mentors. Find a simple strategy, something that's not complicated that you can implement. Stick to that plan. Stick to that strategy manage your control your risk manage your money don't try to make a million dollars in one night remember people who get million dollar jobs at you know institutions and banks and stuff like that are people who know how to make money consistently over time not people who made a million dollars one day and then lost it all the next 
Boom. The ultimate truth bomb. I love it. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, if there's anything else that you need to add, I think this is perfect. I, I, I am going to take away so much from this myself too. So thank you so much for that. Um, is there anything you still want to tell the listeners? Yeah, I'll give some books. That's going to be the best. Uh, there isn't a lot of books that you probably can read, um, but I do definitely have uh, four books. Uh, well, I do have several books. So one book to start off with, of course, to help with money management is definitely going to be my go-to book, um, The Richest Man in Babylon. That's the first book. The second book uh, is going to be um, the same. There's two books by Mark, Mark, Mark Douglas that I mentioned before. The first book is Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. And then the second book of his is The Disciplined Trader by Mark Douglas. Another book is called Trading for a Living by Dr. Alexander Elder. And last but not least, um, the book called Market Wizards by uh, Jack D. Schwager. Schwager. I will put everything in the footnotes of the episode. Okay. Epic. Epic, epic, epic. Yep, yep. Thank you so like I I need to ask you to come back one more time. Uh in another episode where we're gonna maybe like dig in a little bit more on how it helped you spiritually and how it reflected in the rest of your life outside of your like career. Um mm-hmm. for now I will add in the footnotes any information about you that you are willing to share or where people can find you, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. For now. I thank you so much for yeah, being no, here with me. No problem. Everyone, no problem. Michael McGee. <laughs> thank you for having bye me. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Fearless Wealth. Here with your favorite opinionated control dominatrix friend. Um, if you enjoyed this, subscribe, like, comment. Do me a favor as someone who's in excessively shadow banned everywhere. Um, I would much appreciate it if you would screenshot that you're listening or share this episode on your timelines or whatever platform you are with your friends in their DMs. Hit your friends up with the DMs. Now, currently, I have personally three offerings um, ongoing. I have the DOM course learning, finding, and embodying the dominatrix archetype. I have the dancing with the inner demons. If you experience the nagging voices of the inner demons, the inner saboteur, perfectionist, etc., etc., procrastinator. And then I have the blood codes with Jesse Magic, where we talk all about adapting your life to your cycle and making it work for you in amazing ways so you can create more pleasure creativity money and all the goodness that life has to offer anyway share with me come with me talk with me talk to me and i can't wait to see you at the next episode